All right, folks, we've got a huge show to close out the week. But first, I want to remind you what's going on Turning Point USA, tpusa.com slash SAS. Go there, promo code POSO, all caps, 25% off July 22nd to 24th. President Trump, Governor DeSantis, myself, Charlie Kirk, so many others. Make sure you secure your tickets immediately. Next, while you're there, get yourself a copy, Charlie Kirk's new book, The Conservative Response to the Great Reset. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is 17 June 2022, Anno Domine. Today's headlines, the Biden administration is weighing declaring a public health emergency to protect abortion access in the potential aftermath of a SCOTUS decision that could overturn Roe v. Wade. We're going to break that all down next. Governor Yunkin proposing an amendment that would make it a felony to protest outside a justice's home. Third, Elon Musk directly addressing Twitter employees. We've got all the info on that. And then finally, food shortage worries are mounting as Pennsylvania farms and other farms are being crushed by record diesel prices. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. We need the Biden administration to step up to the plate and do everything it possibly can to protect the right to abortion. And with the Supreme Court set to rule imminently, unleashing a tsunami of trigger laws that will create chaos and deny millions of patients the ability to get the care they need, we need a plan from this administration as soon as humanly possible. Last month, when the draft Supreme Court decision was leaked, I pushed Secretary Becerra on the administration's plan. I'll be frank, I was not satisfied with the answer. That's why last week, Senator Warren and I led our colleagues in in calling on President Biden to immediately issue an executive order instructing every federal agency to develop a plan to protect the right to abortion. We're not going to sit around quietly waiting for him to act. Fair warning, Mr. President, we are going to be loud. Okay, so this first story today, you need to understand this because it gets into a lot of the procedure regarding what would happen if the Supreme Court does eventually overturn Roe v. Wade. We're hearing now that the Supreme Court is looking at two opinion days next week. So Tuesday and Thursday of next week could be when this decision comes down. But I want to caution everyone because I'm very concerned that potentially, and no one's talking about this, potentially the leak of that document, the leak of that decision, that initial ruling into overturning Roe v. Wade. Could that have been done as an operation to potentially sway the justices into not fully overturning Roe v. Wade? I know, I know, but I'm hearing some doubts within D.C. right now as to whether or not Roe v. Wade will be overturned in full, and could we reach, or could it be that the justices are reaching some kind of compromise where they don't actually overturn the entire thing, but they allow the Missouri law to stand while keeping Roe in place. But the Biden administration and many within uh, the Democrat Party and other liberals out there in the country are talking about what could potentially be the ramifications of this. Now, we talked at length about a lot of those quote-unquote trigger laws or states with trigger laws as opposed to those states which would become sanctuary states for abortion. Now, one thing that 
some of the trigger law states are looking at doing as is talking about criminalizing or making laws against traveling out of state for people to obtain abortions, for pregnant women to obtain abortions. And the Biden administration, some supporters, according to the New York Times, it says, to provide doctors with legal cover, some supporters are urging the Biden administration to take several steps that would reimpose, quote, a degree of federal control over abortion law. That's an interesting question because, of course, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, there should be no federal control over abortion law. It should go completely to the states. But how could they potentially do this? Apparently, the, the Biden administration is considering going to the Department of Health and Human Services and declaring a national public health emergency and using those emergency powers to invoke a law passed in 2005 that shields doctors from legal liability for treating patients in a state where they are not licensed. Now, according to the Post-Millennial, many of these moves could be met with court challenges, like in the case of an executive order passed by Biden last year extending the pandemic-related ban on evicting renters. Of course, these would all be executive orders, and we've seen, and Libby Emmons over at the Post-Millennial has been doing a great job really criticizing how the Biden administration seems to be ruling far more through executive order than they are through actual legislation and actual bills. The Biden administration has also reportedly asked this Justice Department's Office of Legal Counsel as to whether or not the Hyde Amendment would bar the usage of these funds for other abortion-related expenses like travel. Keep in mind that the Hyde Amendment prevents the usage of federal taxpayer funds for abortion. So then the question becomes, what if that that those fat funding, right, is used for travel expenses for people who are trying to travel outside of states where abortion becomes illegal into states where abortion becomes legal. Again, all of this has to do with these new states, right, this new situation, or really the old situation that we're going to as to what we had 48 years ago, where in some states abortion could be legal and other states abortion could be outright banned. This is going to create a huge disparity in the system going into the midterm elections of 2020. So people need to understand that, that you're going to, you've already got, by the way, many states, like for example, the state of Texas, of course, is already cracked down a lot on abortion. We've got other states that have heartbeat bills, other things like this in place, other protections in place. But if Roe v. Wade is overturned, if the justices, the conservative justices stand strong, right? Don't put your faith in uh, secular human saviors, right? So I'm, I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm going to say that publicly right now, putting my chips in. I'm not holding my breath that Roe v. Wade will be overturned in full. But if it is, if it is, the Biden administration is looking to take steps to enact a federal emergency, a health emergency, in order to continue to allow abortion to have some controls at the federal level. Look, Tanya Tay and I just got back from Europe, and I got to tell you, we are loving the fact that we're finally home and we have our box, our case of Good Ranchers. Do not pay your premium for low-quality foreign meat. No. 
Get a good ranchers. This case, they have 100% American meat delivered to your door for a great price. Good ranchers helps solve all of your meat issues. You don't even have to worry about it. You have to buy your meat anymore because you get it straight from there. All your beef, chicken, your seafood, 100% American meat sourced from local American farmers. Prime and upper choice beef, highest quality. Tanya loves it. I love it. My kids love it. Ribeyes, T-bones, New York strips, signature steaks, Wagyu, pre-trimmed, pre-marinated chicken breasts. They are so delicious, easy to prepare. This is We're talking steakhouse quality, folks, delivered straight to your home from Good Ranchers. You put them in the fridge. You put them in the freezer. Set it all up. You eat them. You cook them when you need them. The animals, by the way, ethically raised and sustainably sourced. They do things the right way, and it shows in every box. Christ followers and genuine Americans. Make sure you use promo code POSO. Promo code POSO when you're at there. In fact, we've got the link in the description, goodranchers.com slash POSO, $30 off, free express shipping. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. You know, when you say it's wrong, there's been a debate over whether it's illegal. Now, you hear from the administration and Jantaki and some others that these are peaceful protests. They get kind of hairy looking at it myself, Governor. But what do you make of that, that nothing illegal is going on? Well, the, the statute is incredibly clear. It basically says if you are parading or picketing in order to try to influence a judge, then it's punishable with up to a year in prison. That sounds illegal to me. And I, I just asked the attorney general to enforce the law that's on the books. If people want to demonstrate someplace off away from their home, that's their prerogative. But again, this is not a final ruling. It's a draft ruling. Right. And clearly these, these demonstrations are being pulled together to try to influence the final outcome. And that is prohibited based on federal statute. Got it. Well, and there you hear Governor Glenn Youngkin stepping up and saying that he is going to do his job. And I got to say that I have to support that because prior to this, I remember I was critical. I was quite critical of Governor Yunkin when he allowed, he allowed those protesters to target the homes of Supreme Court justices who live in Virginia, such as Sam Alito and Amy Coney Barrett. That is against the law, not just federally, but also in the state of Virginia. Look, if you are going to run as a conservative, then you better govern as a conservative. If you are going to stand up and say, I will do these things, we're going to hold you accountable. So what do we have here? Governor Yunkin has just introduced a budget amendment. We have the story out of Daily Wire that would make it a felony to protest out of a judge or justice's home with the intent of influencing or intimidating that justice. By the way, intimidating a judge within their home has been against, prior to a decision, right, prior to a decision, has been against the law in the United States for a long, long time. This is federal law. But of course, we've now heard and we're hearing reports that the federal government is allowing these protesters to intimidate judges that they will not be enforcing the law. That's amazing, right? It's amazing. So you got the trial of Steve Bannon, Coming up in one month's time, one month from today, will be the start of the trial of Steve Bannon. Where no one has been convicted of contempt of Congress since 1974. I had to look this up. I actually looked this up. Nearly 50 years. Nearly 50 years since we've seen anybody convicted of this. Do you understand what point in the movie we're in? I always say that every day. They're allowing you to break the law in front of a justice's home. 
to intimidate the justice, to intimidate their children, even after, just a few weeks after, Nicholas Roski was arrested. He has now been charged with attempted assassination of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh in his home. By the way, notice that name Nicholas Roski isn't a name. I put up a, tw- a, uh, a poll on Twitter yesterday, and I said, how many people know the name without searching Nicholas Roski? How many people know this name? How many people can recognize it? Something like 80% said they had no idea who I was talking about without looking it up. Kind of funny how the media hasn't been plastering his name everywhere, hasn't been looking up his name, and even the conservative media, right? Even the conservative media has not been doing a good job. Nicholas Roski. His name is Nicholas Roski. He attempted to murder a Supreme Court justice. He flew to his home from California, purchased a weapon. He had a backpack full of zip ties, right? He's outside of his home. Calls his sister, who convinces him to, to back down, basically, and to call 911, all right? So what's, what is Yunkin up to now? Yunkin is proposing Amendment 35 on felonious picking, picketing, 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 say that five times fast, felonious picketing, and demonstrating, by the way, felonious picketing, doesn't that sound like a Harry Potter character? Felonious picketing. Sorry, sorry, digression. And demonstrations cl- creating a classic felony for picketing or demonstrating in or near a court or residence with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing or intimidating in the discharge of his or her duty, any judge, juror, witness, court officer, or court employee, or any immediate family member of such individuals. America used to be a serious country. America used to be a country where this type of thing would not be taken lightly. You cannot intimidate judges. There was just a judge who was murdered in Wisconsin by someone he had sent to jail. But of course, in the state of Virginia, we have to make extra laws to make extra certain that these types of things don't take place because we've lost something in our society. Well, Elon Musk has made his uh, town hall, or he's done his Twitter town hall directly with Twitter employees. And we, thanks to the power and the gracious actions of Project Veritas, the journalism, I might add, of Project Veritas, not only have a copy of the full speech, the full, it was basically a Zoom session uh, between Elon Musk, a conversation between himself and some of the heads of Twitter, but also the Twitter reactions from employees at Twitter in the Slack channel. And so I put out before the other day that I said, I think Libs of TikTok is the first person to ever leak internal communications from Twitter, from these messages in their Slack channel. Now it seems that Project Veritas has done the same. And Benny Johnson, the great Benny Johnson, had this up on his Twitter account. So what do we see? So Elon Musk in this video pretty much said the same thing that he said everywhere else, right? He looks at Twitter as two things. Number one, the international town square, the public town square, this idea, he actually made a good point. He said, it's a town, it's a town square, a public square, but it's much bigger, of course, because there are far more people in Twitter that could ever fit in a town square. But he also made another point. He said, well, there's a couple million people on Twitter, but there are billions of people in the world. And so from the perspective of a business, right? And because of course he's looking to run this as a business, right? That's what he is at the end of the day. He's an entrepreneur businessman. He said, I want to make a product 
that everyone in the world is going to want to have. I want to turn Twitter into a global brand, something where it follows the law. He said, I want it to follow the law of every country it operates in. So if they, if a country passes a law, we want to follow that law. We're not going to flout that law. But we're not going to go beyond the laws in terms of enforcing what people think of as free speech. And he, he used a line, he said, there's freedom of speech, and I've heard this before, there's freedom of speech and there's freedom of reach. And what does that mean? Well, essentially it means that he was saying that even if one person goes up and says something that other people consider crazy, that doesn't mean that it's going to be populated throughout all of Twitter. It's not going to be promoted, the algorithm's not going to promote it, but that it sh- that if it's lawful speech, if it is speech that is not breaking the law, if it's speech that does not run afoul of the laws of the country in which Twitter is operating, then Twitter should have no business in messing with that. The Twitter should just let that stand. Now, of course, people in the comments on Twitter, inter- and keep in mind, this is internal Twitter employees. Apparently, they're called Tweeps. Um, Tweeps was this really stupid name that uh, people at Twitter were trying to push for the other Twitter followers and Twitter users early on in the in the in the the time before the before time uh really before you know I've been on Twitter way too long over 10 years now uh past the 10 year mark a couple of weeks ago and that you know tweeps was this idea that hey you know share this with your tweeps it was something they would push in their marketing and their advertising it never really caught on but apparently of course for the squares that actually work at Twitter that's what they use to refer to themselves now okay so the tweeps were saying that they were so upset with Elon Musk. They said, how is this guy brilliant? I thought he was smart. You saw other people saying, and of course, Elon was talking about, well, I want people to be exceptional because they did ask him about layoffs. They said, what could possibly happen with layoffs? And they've talked about layoffs at uh, at SpaceX and at Tesla. And he said, look, I want to do what's best for the the company. And if what's best for the company means that there are people who are currently here that shouldn't be here anymore if they're standing in the you know in the way if they are a challenge to the company doing better then guess what don't need them get rid of them and i I saw this one person it was really my favorite comment from anybody on there and uh, i'm not going to put out his name even though you can go look and his name is there what did he say i'm going to read it verbatim he said uh i'm just pulling this up here give me one second he said so i now need to worry about becoming unemployed depending on whether I'm considered exceptional. That's my takeaway from this. It's like, guess what, bro? Welcome to the real world. Welcome to your first job in the United States of America. Because guess what, buddy? That's how it works. If you're running the buffet at Sizzler, if you're working at a bakery, if you're working at a deli, wherever you're working, that's how it goes. Yes, you will be unemployed if you do not work hard. That's how it's supposed to work. And I talked before about America losing something. This is a huge part of that. No participation trophies. No, oh, I got hired, so that means I'm good. No, none of that. If you are not performing, if you are not being productive, you're gone. You're cut. Here in the world, real world, we expect results. So I got to say, when it comes to that, Totally support Elon Musk. Totally support his stance on that from a business perspective. The other thing that I will say is, look, Elon, you have got to move that company out of San Francisco. You've got to move them somewhere. Like, I don't know, maybe 
Texas. Why don't you move it right down to the Rio Grande Valley where SpaceX is? You could run it right. Uh, and how many people, by the way, didn't know that until this week that SpaceX, and that's apparently where Elon Musk is registered to vote because he said that he did vote in the election, that he voted for Myra Flores down there. Uh, he came out and admitted that he voted for her, which of course means that, and where is that? That's Brownsville, Texas. So Brownsville, Texas, it's right sort of, so it's on the U.S. border, um, right on the Rio Grande, and then also right next to the Gulf of Mexico, which makes sense. So, you know, if you've got any mishaps uh, with his rocket launches, his tests, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll fall in the water. It won't fall into a populated area. So, you know, this is the same kind of idea as Cape Canaveral, which unfortunately has seen accidents as well. And, and SpaceX uses, utilizes Cape Canaveral as well, the Kennedy Space Center. But, but, go ahead and put it right there. Put it down in the heart of Texas. Make this a place where people want to work not feel like they are entitled to work. With regard to food shortage, yes, we did re- re- talk about food shortages. And, uh, and it's going to be real. The, the price of these sanctions is not just imposed upon Russia. It's imposed upon an awful lot of countries as well, including European countries and our country as well. And finally today, we are teetering on the edge. Is that a zero hedge? Food shortage worries mount as Pennsylvania farms are being crushed by record diesel prices. Pennsylvania farmers are being crushed by the record amount of diesel, so much so that questions about a food crisis are starting to loom. And how long have we been talking about this here on Human Events Daily? One farmer in Lehigh County is quoted as saying, I've got a tractor hooked up to my corn planter out here, no diesel fuel, and I can't afford to get any. That farmer was airing his gripes to Kyle Coatsmoyer, a legislative affairs specialist for the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Coatsmoyer then turned around and testified to state lawmakers, we have now reached that point where it's very close to being a sinking ship. We are teetering on the edge right now. The situation looks as though it will continue to push food prices higher after the government reported that food prices in May were 10.1% higher than last year. Coatsmoyer lamented the possibility of a food shortage. One, if they can't afford to put it in the ground, or two, if they can't afford to take it out. The Pennsylvania average for diesel is now $6.19 per gallon, up 75%, 75% from a year ago, the report notes. This is a huge, huge expense for farmers, the Farm Bureau legislator um, told state legislators, the official told state legislators. One farmer who works on about 3,500 acres burns through about 2,000 gallons of diesel per month. If the farmers cannot get crops out of the ground, then there is not food on the shelves. You know, I was saying this the other day on Twitter. There's so many people in these cities. It's all city people. And they want to they crap all over rural America. They want to mock rural America. They want to make fun of you. You had President Obama at one point say, and talking about Pennsylvania, right? Clinging to their guns and their Bibles, clinging to their gun. That's what they get you, bitter clingers, bitterly clinging to their guns and the Bibles, right? The bitter clingers, and then you were deplorables. Now we're all anti-democracy. We're, you know, every, every name under the sun, every name under the sun. Well, guess what? Guess what? If you want to complain about rural America, you better try not eating for that day. How about not eating for a week? How about not eating for a moment? We are there are only nine meals between civilization and anarchy. You know, they actually quoted that in the new Jurassic World movie. 
They actually talk about food safety and food security. It's the whole plot of the new Jurassic World movie. So even in Hollywood, there are people making science fiction movies about the potential of a food crisis. Now, in that case, of course, it was genetically modified crops, genetically modified animals, uh, locusts is the plot of the movie, etc. But look, this stuff is getting more and more prevalent. Some people will say it's predictive programming, right? Um, Adam Curry was talking about that recently on No Agenda, a great podcast. Uh, if, if you want to listen to anything other than Human Events Daily, right? But when it comes down to it, folks... We need to get serious about food security in this country and understand that the diesel prices or gas prices go into everything. You break the backs of the farmers, you're going to shut down the food supply for everyone in the entire country. And that's it. That's all the time we have this week. Human events daily. Remember, as always, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends, and then leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your politics. It's so easy. When you're on your app, you can do it right now while you're still listening. Just scroll down, swipe down, past where the episodes are. You'll see it says, rate the episode or rate the show. Boom. Hit the fifth star. So easy to do. And then if you want, if you want to go that next mile, and we love when people go that next mile, you can give us your uh, your review, we can write something. I love reading the reviews. I even read the one-star reviews from the trolls because I just think it's hilarious. What do we talk about today? Number one, the Biden administration weighing declaring public health emergencies, a public health emergency, to protect abortion access if the court does overturn Roe. Though I'm not sure that Roe is actually going to be overturned. We'll see. Next, Governor Yunkin filing an amendment that would make it a felony to protest outside a justice's home. Great work, Governor Yunkin. Next, Elon Musk's direct address to Twitter employees. Do your job, be productive, or you will not have a job anymore. And finally, the food shortage worries mounting as Pennsylvania farms are being crushed by record diesel prices. Huge, huge week in news this week. Ton going on. Trial of Steve Bannon, one month away. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today, 17 June 1972, Anna Domine, five men were arrested at the National Democratic Headquarters in the Watergate Complex in Washington, D.C. Subsequent investigations claimed that the, the burglars were actually hired by the Committee for the Re-Election of President Richard Nixon. A long chain of events then followed in which the president and his top aides reportedly became involved in an extensive cover-up of this and other Activities eventually leading to the resignation of President Nixon, August 9th, 1974. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.